In this conversation, I sit down with fellow local from Idaho Falls, Brandon Nelson, or as he's known around town, Noodle. Brandon is an absolute maniac on the bike and one of the strongest guys I know. I've been inspired by Brandon since the beginning of my cycling experience, and he continues to inspire not only me, but anyone I talk to from the area. His repeated victories at Lodija are wild, and I had a great time talking about his experience in the biking and nerding out about the industry. Hope you all enjoy this one, and thanks for being here. Yeah, man. How the hell are you? Doing We've been chatting man. for a minute, but... Yeah, doing, doing good. Uh, just just trying to ride my bike as much as I can and take care of three kids. So. I mean, you've got about every KOM in the city, I think. <laughs> I don't know about that. There's still some... You're on your way, dude. There's some times that I can't quite touch yet, but we'll get there. So who kind of holds him in the area still? Oh, does, man. Does good old Tom Baird. Oh, yeah. Tom Baird. I, there's going to be some times that I don't know if anybody will touch for a while from Tom. Uh, Guy's an animal. I don't know if you know Brett Byland. He lived here. He moved here from California mm-hmm. a while ago. He holds a lot of them. And okay. then there's a couple of KOMs around from people visiting and stuff. So I've got a couple I got my eyes on <laughs> eventually. We'll <laughs> try to get. But. Awesome, man. Yeah, so kind of. What was the background kind of getting into cycling and yeah so it's kind of an interesting story i uh i did road construction all going through college mm-hmm. and i was semi-active doing construction but you know i wasn't living like the healthiest lifestyle just drinking soda and uh just you know just eating gas station food and yeah. so then i graduated from school and then i got a desk job and then it, I feel like it even got worse because my habits carried over, but now I'm just sitting. Um, so then I, I started gaining even more weight than I already had. And uh-huh. I just, I was talking to my wife, I got to start doing something. I have to. So mm-hmm. I tried running and I just hated it. Hurt my body. I Running is rough. Yeah. It, <laughs> so I tried running and it just didn't really work out for me. And then my boss Craig, he's like, Hey, why don't you come try riding bikes? And I laughed and I said, no, like, I'm not going to wear spandex. Like (laughs) I'm the type of guy that's like making fun of the people wearing spandex. Well, long story short, he convinced me to come and I pretty much, I'm super competitive. And I, I, I I saw some people and they were super fast. I couldn't keep up with Mm -hmm. them and something clicked in my head. Like, Oh, like this is, this is competitive. Yeah. And then I kind of got addicted from there and then it, so initially it was, you know, just lose weight. And I did mm-hmm. the first year I started cycling. I think I lost like 50 or 60 pounds wow. and, but then it slowly evolved into this, like, r- like racing and I don't race a ton, but you know, the whole competitive aspect of it and Strava yeah. and just constantly trying to better myself. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, I can do this faster and I'm, I'm super competitive. So that's really what kind of kept the, kept it ticking for me. And okay. here we are now and it's like taken over my life. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it, it, like I said, it originally started to lose weight and then it turned into competitive and I just, I fell in love. It's just yeah. it something about it. it's my therapy. It's my exercise. It's I'll never pay for a gym membership again. Yeah. So yeah, yeah no, we're in the same boat in that. And it's funny. Like we have the same start. Like Craig introduced me to cycling. Really? So, yeah. He was the guy who like took me on my first real ride. Oh, so that's, I didn't know that. That's cool. That was the most horrible 
experience. We did like 12 miles for me too. just like out in Osgood. Yep. And I got back. I was like, what the hell is this? Like, this was so painful. Yep. And then like four or five years later, then I finally got yep. my bike. And That's yeah. cra- Look at Craig just bringing <laughs> people Spreading in. the joy. So that's bikes. awesome. <laughs> that's yeah, you said funny. you don't race much, but that competitive edge is still there for that. But you also see it just kind of bettering yourself yeah the time. yeah a lot of times i'm going honestly just against myself like, yeah am i faster than last time i i did this or i live in idaho there's not a ton of races here if i live somewhere else i'm sure i'd be racing a lot more uh-huh. so i race as much as i can time allowance so okay yeah yeah so you're Big fan of Lotus Yaw. I am, yeah. Yeah, so how many well, times have you done it? It's a love-hate relationship, yeah. right, as, as it is. So this year will be my sixth year. I've completed sixth it five year. times. Did you do so. it your second year or first year riding? Second year. Okay. So first year I rode, I didn't do it, and then the next year I did. Jeez. So I've only not done it one year mm-hmm. since so I started. How would you explain Lotus Yaw to someone <laughs> viscerally that like doesn't? understand so it's kind of similar to cycling in general uh cycling is very much a physical uh specimen right like Mm -hmm. you have to you have to work out it's a workout but at the same time it's mental i mean so much of cycling is mental and that loaded jaw is so mental it's not even funny you've done it you Mm -hmm. you know exactly what i'm saying when yeah I mean, you you get through the third climb, which is the final climb. That mile, you're, what, 107? Yeah, it's like 108. you're only halfway done. Yeah. You still have 100 miles to go. And just that mental, you just have to prepare mentally mm-hmm. rather than physically. I, you have to prepare physically too, but I would almost argue that you have to prepare mentally more than physically. Yeah, you've got to work that muscle out in your mind to understand you're just going to be uncomfortable for a really long exactly. time. Exactly, yep. And then also it's a dangerous game. Like when you start out and it's dark and you have a headlamp on and you're like, I'm not going to finish until <laughs> like it's hot outside. Like it's afternoon yep. and it's kind of like, you can't think too far ahead yep. and then it just gets like too terrifying. Exactly. Cause if you're hurting on the first climb at like mile 50, you're like, I have 150 miles to go. Yep. So, I mean, that would be the number one thing I would uh-huh. say to somebody is like, it's mental. You can do this. You just have to convince yourself you can do this. Mm-hmm. And then apart from that, just like anything else in cycling, it's sometimes it's easy to forget that we're doing this to have fun. <laughs> and that's another thing I would say is enjoy just, in, just enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Try to go out there and have a good time. Yeah. Loda Jaw is 200 miles. There's some insanely gorgeous scenery. And sometimes you don't even look around because you're yeah. just hurting so much. It's like, <laughs> what's the point if I'm not going to enjoy the scenery? Yeah. And I mean, you can go ride your trainer in the basement if you want to do that. Exactly. So, yeah. And always like making sure that relationship stays healthy. Exactly. Because there's been ups and downs with me within training and racing and comparing to other people, to myself, and then you just like get in a spiral and you're like, wait, I actually just like to ride my bike. I've had to like check myself many oh, times. Yeah. Like, Happens, I think, multiple times a year if you just like, yep. aren't careful with it. It's like a lot of times, it's more and more often now, I'll just put on a t shirt and just ride around the city and go through parks. And I did that yesterday. Yeah. So it's like not all about. I didn't put on a t shirt, yeah. but same thing. Like <laughs> yeah. I just went out for a cruiser and it's like, 
this is fun. I, mm-hmm. I'm doing I don't need to watch my power it. and exactly. my heart rate and eat yeah. every 20 minutes. And <laughs> do all of that. It's hard to remember that sometimes, though. You get so spun up in the moment. Like, uh-huh. I have to get faster. I have to get yeah. stronger. And you just forget. At least I do. I forget mm-hmm. that I'm actually just doing this because I enjoy it. Yeah. So. Which always makes even the longer rides easier and mm-hmm. just mentally yeah. focused. And yeah, everything about those races, you have to be so aware throughout the races, like your nutrition and your feed zones. Like it's not like one thing goes wrong and I can like really start a domino effect. Big time. Actually, that's funny you say that. I heard there was a guy that told me a while ago that Lodajaw is an eating competition. So I say it's mental, but it's actually if you screw up your nutrition, it's game yeah, over. You so, have to stay on top of eating. Yeah, you have to even if you don't want to, it's like you yeah. almost are force feeding yourself. Because you'll never be able to eat enough. Like you're always in the deficit. Always. But once you go too far, like there's no coming back. Yeah. And uh and then it just helps mentally. Yep. And so that's always, and it's like my favorite part of riding. Just get all the snacks. Dude, that's, I ride my <laughs> bike so I can <laughs> eat. Uh, yeah. So kind of what was, um, I guess what were some of the things you wish you knew starting out now? Cause I, so like for I, people that like kind of get into it and then it's hard to like sustain yeah kind of the hobby or i guess there's it's almost intimidating mm-hmm. like getting into the sport there's a lot of guys that have been doing it for a really long time one thing is i there are people out there that are that just want you to be a part of the community that's one thing yeah there's always going to be that competitive edge but in the end everybody's super nice fun like everybody wants to ride with you and will help you there's some really great guys so don't be like afraid of some of the mm-hmm. fastest guys around. They're actually really nice guys. And another thing that it's easy for me to say now, but until just recently, I always was like starving myself. Like I've have to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Like one uh, one of the biggest things is like fuel yourself. Yeah. Fuel like don't don't be so caught up in losing half a pound that you're not going to fuel yourself that's that's one of the biggest and maybe it's just cuz it's more recent like mm-hmm. i finally this thing clicked in my head where it's like stop like it turned in it turned stressful i started yeah. getting stressed about like i can't eat tonight cuz i've got to lose an extra 2 pounds like no yeah. the power to weight ratio has got to get better exactly but when it comes but. if you're not eating then you're not getting stronger. So you're, you're actually, you're you're not lose, yeah, exactly. It's, it's like a, it it's like a domino effect. So that's one thing that I've, I, another big thing that I've learned is fueling. Like mm-hmm. I've been fueling myself this year more than I ever have. And what's crazy is I'm actually, I've actually lost more weight than I ever have too in turn. So yeah. it's, when you're properly fueling and giving the body what it needs, like, yeah, there's going to be like working harder and burning more and yeah, you fuel. That means you can work more. Yeah. If you don't fuel, you're just going to be out there suffering mm-hmm. miserable. Yeah. And, and your body more efficiently uses yeah. everything. Like your body exactly. transforms Yep. when it starts going um, to that progression. Yeah. So I guess on like the big rides, like, what do you think about? <laughs> it's always like hard to kind of explain if, 
<laughs> it's it is hard. So I actually I actually do a lot of work while I'm riding my bike, which mm-hmm. is interesting. I really like my job. We have a lot of problems to solve. I'll just be riding along and be like, oh, like that's how that can be solved. Yeah. Um, so I do a lot of almost like meditating. It's very calming. It's very peaceful. Uh, I don't, I'm not one that like listens to podcasts or anything like that. I know yeah. some people do, but I, I, a lot of times I'll just listen to music and just look around and enjoy the scenery and that's, but yeah, I, I don't really think about anything in particular. I just kind of cruise and yeah. meditate almost. Yeah. I think about I how much things are hurting. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Pain makes it, makes you be very present. Yeah. It really draws in. It's, you can't really escape it in yeah. that route. And I, I'm on the same page with like the meditation and it definitely, what you need to think about, you'll think about out there. Yeah, it usually sure. will just come, especially when we're always so plugged into work, phones, distractions. And so, like allowing your time to sit with yourself. Yeah, like it's important to. I have a hard time being bored if I'm not, like, if I'm at home, like I want to be distracted. Yep. But when I'm on the bike, you're forced away from all of that. Yeah. And so you can just sit with yourself. Absolutely. And allow yourself to have that. Time I'm to think. all like. It's probably to the point where it's too like over the top. Like I'm at home, I sit down, I grab my phone. Yeah. I'm same. looking at Instagram. I'm looking at, you know, I'm probably looking at bike stuff. Yeah. But when you're on your bike, you, you don't have a choice. You can't yeah. be on your phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can probably get a little consumed with your data. Like yeah. what are my power numbers, whatever, but you're not entrenched in like the rest of the world. It's mm-hmm. just you and the road. And there's something just almost healing about that. It's therapeutical. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it makes me want to just like throw my phone away when I get home, but I probably won't do that. Yeah. It happens every time. It's like, oh, this has been so nice not being on everything. And then I sit down after my ride and I'm. Then you're looking at your day. Licking all those segments and and then it just leads into all the other socials. Yep. Uh, And then uh, how, kind of how is the mental lessons throughout the bike kind of trickled back? into life i have a lot of those actually mm-hmm. um the biggest thing for me that i can think of right now there's probably other ones but is just setting goals i have i've always tried to set goals but cycling has really pushed me to meet those goals mm-hmm. okay i'm gonna i'm gonna complete load a jaw so what do I need to do and like stall small stepping stones to get to that point rather yeah. than just like, I'm going to get to the end of that and not think about the little things. So what it has taught me to do in my everyday life is set big goals, mm-hmm. but figure out what the small stepping stones are that you need to do to accomplish those goals yeah. rather than just like in two years, I'm going to be a millionaire and then just not try to yeah. figure out how you're going to be there. Yeah. If which, you just say that over and over, like nothing's going to yeah. happen. So, okay. So what steps do I need to take to become a millionaire? Uh-huh. And then you would. So same thing with cycling. Like in order to do 200 miles, I have to do X, Y, and Z. I've got to, tr- t- I have to train my body to consume the fuel while I'm riding. I mm-hmm. have to mentally prepare myself. I have to obviously train. And yeah. so goals. And so I, u- I use that same thing in work 
at home, mm-hmm. just everything, just setting goals and figuring out what the steps are to accomplish those goals. Yeah. That's probably the biggest one. Yeah. And it sounds a lot just like it's taught me consistency. Like yeah. you have to just do it a lot. Yeah. And that's how it is like with anything and like seeing the progression. Like if you just do something intentionally with effort for a long period of time, like the amount of progress you can see in any aspect or any hobby or any relationship is just exponential. Absolutely. Yeah. That's been consistency. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a really good Mm -hmm. one. Yeah. Like when people ask me, like I got a question today of like, how do you get, the question was, how do you get better at gravel riding and prepare for a gravel race? I'm like, ride more gravel. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Eventually. (laughs) And it doesn't have to be a ton. Yeah. And like I'm fortunate to ride a lot and I have friends getting into the sport and it's always like, Oh, I can't ride that much. It's like, you don't need yeah, anything really. Like maybe an hour a day. Like if you're going to exercise like a lot that time. But if you have time, yeah, then no, <laughs> but if you Keegan Swenson, I, I don't know if you know who he is, but he, oh, he posted yeah. something a while ago. I mean, he's an animal from park city, but he posted, I mean, I'm sure everybody knows who he is at this point. Cause he's won like every race he ever joins, but he posted something on Instagram a while ago and it said, if you want to be good at something, you should probably do that thing. So, and, and it's something <laughs> so simple. Like you just said, like, yeah, what do I got to do to get better at gravel? Well, do gravel go ride a lot of like, gravel so same yeah. thing as him like if you want to get good at riding a bike go ride your bike that kid is uh once in a couple generation athlete he's insane like i don't think the records he's setting right now will be broken for a very long time yeah he's and he's the nicest level. he's one of the nice dudes have you met, met him yeah oh so cool. i shot some pictures down at leadville okay um i'll show you it after but he's coming across the line Oh, I so saw those pictures. Obliterated yeah. the field. Yeah, he just, I mean, he, he, and he beat the course record by, by like not 10, 15 margin. minutes or yeah, something. 15. Yeah. And I was, insane. I just hung out at the finish all day. And so they were like sending the splits back and they were announcing it through the intercom. And all day, everybody would just look around and be like, what is happening? <laughs> like, he is so far ahead. And He's then he, crazy. Yeah, it was like a 24 minute difference. <laughs> That's how second. far he beat the, yeah, like he came course. across, we all, photographed it and we just sat to finish line for <laughs> so long like that was an, a spectacular effort that's cool yeah yeah so kind of what's uh you got loja coming up yep yeah i've been really that's the biggest thing on my mind right now i've been riding a lot more gravel this year mm-hmm. uh, it really opens up the possibilities of riding as you know I mean, yeah, especially oh yeah. around here mm-hmm. if you have a gravel bike it like changes everything around where in you Idaho. go around here uh, the, i mean because i didn't so have, gravel until i moved so some of the best riding is up like in wolverine canyon and okay. out in like I've i driven don't know out there do you know before. where like gray's lake area is out it's out past bone oh, okay some of the gravel riding out there is phenomenal and hmm. then up in island park like the gravel riding in island park is like next level Jeez. So, uh, and then over in like the Teton Valley, like Driggs, Victor, oh, area, yeah, there's some, there there's some awesome gravel over there too. So not like right here, yeah, but even right around here, Wolverine Canyon is some of the most incredible views. I've mapped out like an 80 mile loop from here out to Palisades. Like it just cuts straight out yep. and over. 
maybe one day. I've we'll, probably we'll seen to. that. I probably have that same route saved <laughs> on my, and I've never done it. We'll have to go send it. Let's we'll have do to it. Come back for a week. I'm in. And, I'm in. Yeah. But uh, I just started getting into bike packing. Oh yeah, dude. I think that's where it's at. It's dude, so are you fun. like tenting? Are you like going full bike packing? No, or are you doing like I bivied it? Yeah. And it was luckily warm enough uh, that you didn't need like a sleeping bag. Okay. But eventually I think I'll need one. Yeah, that's cool. But yeah, doing an overnighter, it's a pretty fun experience. We did a we did one overnighter this year too. Uh-huh. But we like I mean we oh, went I full we went full bougie. Like we got a hotel and everything. Oh, so okay. But yeah, it was a ton of fun. That was, yeah, it was a blast. Yeah. Have you met Kyle McFarland? We were mm-hmm. talking about him earlier. Yeah. So he's got a route we talked about yesterday from kind of Malad to the southern border of Utah. Ooh. Not in a a straight line. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. It's a long, like he, he planned like a really beautiful route. But it's like a six day. Six day. That's a big one. And well, how long was it? 400 something miles or yeah more than that and then like 40 something thousand feet dang that'd be that'd be fun that would be a trip so he said he has a few guys so if you're interested to yeah next keep me in the loop i would love to do that that one will take a lot of planning yeah because he's gonna he said he's gonna like ship stuff to the hotels oh yeah beforehand okay like nutrition so that'd be a doozy that would be fun though (laughs) I'd definitely be interested. If it comes to pain and suffering, I'm probably in. <laughs> so kind of, as a fellow enjoyer, enjoyer of the suffer, yeah. kind of what, what draws you there? It's funny because in the moment, a lot of times it's like, I hate this. Mm-hmm. Like, what am I doing? This yeah. is the dumbest thing ever. And then there's there's something about it when you finish just the accomplishment mm-hmm. it just leaves you like wanting more like yeah. i get done with a big day and the whole time you're just like this is stupid this hurts why am i doing this and then you finish and it's like that was incredible yeah. let's go do it again mm-hmm. and you just you get to this point where you just living for that feeling of more i want more Mm -hmm. and anything that's i don't know i i can't you can't really explain it until you experience it yourself like they talk about the runner's high Mm -hmm. i would assume that it's something similar to that yeah like get to the top of a huge hill and it's just like the best feeling in the world and you just want to do it again yeah and like when you started getting into the sport and like you looked at lotoja that first year was that kind of just like impossible? Oh yeah, big. T- I mean, so the first time that I completed 100 miles, mm-hmm. it was the Cash Cash Valley Grand Fondo. Okay. That was the first 100 mile ride I ever did, and when I finished that thing, I came across the finish line. I started crying. I'm yeah. Like, why am I crying right now? And I think it, you know, I had just, I was like, I told you earlier, like I had lost a bunch of weight. Yeah. It was like a combination of everything. I came across that finish line. My wife was cheering me on. And I was just like, I just started crying. Like yeah. I never thought that like, cause knowing myself, mm-hmm. I've, I was never really one to do hard things like that. I was okay. more like, you know, I come, not that it's easy, but I come from like snowboarding, wakeboarding, uh, like extreme sports that 
you still have to practice at, but it's not yeah. like you, I mean, you know, yep. it, yeah. it's not like you're, you're spending half a year training just for like a one day thing. Yeah. So the skiing and snowboarding, you're out there having just a blast the whole like, time you're in shape. Like you build up fitness, but it's not something. It's yeah, not the same. Like it's not suffering and pain and like, yeah. you're just having fun the whole time <laughs> yeah. where in it, this is a completely different mindset where it, Sometimes when you're doing it, it actually isn't fun. Mm-hmm. But then when you finish, it's like, that was the most amazing thing in the world. So I, yeah, when I finished my first 100 miles, I cried. Yeah. So to think that I was that emotional about a hundred and then I started going, wait, that's double what I just did. Yeah. And the elevation is way more too. So I, yeah, it was like out of the picture, like mm-hmm. no way I can't do that. And I had people around me going, oh yeah, you could do it. And I'm like, no way that's. So then after I did that 100 miles, I did another century. And then as soon as I started realizing, like, it's om- not that it's getting easier, but it almost like I'm getting better at suffering. Then I realized, like, maybe I should set a goal to yeah. actually do it. And then the next year is when I when mm-hmm. I did it. So, yeah, but yeah, it was way out of the picture. Like, Yeah. It's a weird thing to, like, view something like that that you truly think is impossible. And then one day it's done and you did it and you're like, what just happened? Yep. And it's like this reflection moment of, yeah, like two years of work. Yeah. And then for a day, something that was like actually like you were convinced was impossible. Yep. And then to just see kind of what that took to do that and then doing it. And it's, yeah, there's always like, oh, well, well what else? Yep. It's not always distance. And then you just want more. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like you it, just like go plan like a massive gravel loop. And you're like, well, like this is going to be a new experience. Yep. Like what well, I saw you, I was probably a couple months ago now. You went out and just rode like 170 miles or something by yourself. <laughs> yeah. And was that a one day? Yep. It's like I saw that and I'm like, what is he doing? Dude, that but was crazy. Then you a crazy get thinking day. about it and you're like, oh, I would probably actually do that too. Like, yeah. So. Sometimes you just have to send it. And yep. that and that experience was uh Vetus texted me the day before. They're like, hey, do you have any big summer solstice plans? Because that's for people that don't know, the a lot of bikers will go plan a huge day on summer solstice. And I lied and said, Yeah, I've been thinking of a few, but I hadn't even thought about it. And it was like two in the afternoon already. <laughs> and I was like, Yeah, I have a route and just instantly pulled up Strava and yeah. mapped one out. Um, and so that was kind of a weird thing. Like the day before, like that was hard. That was way harder than the loaded job. That's crazy. And well, yeah, you're by yourself. Yeah. And I saved Pine Canyon for mile one thirty. <laughs> I'm sure you were like, why did I do that? I had no idea it was that hard. That's awesome. So yeah, that was a, a very weird thing. And then just doing it solo self-supported and then, it's a weird thing to do something like that. And then I just like rolled into my house. Like no one was there. And I like put my bike in the shed and like sat <laughs> on my porch. And I just was like, like no celebration. No, no weird. Yeah. Like that was a, the hardest thing I've done. That's crazy. On a bike. And I'm yeah. And I like you cook myself dinner. And went to bed. <laughs> just like, but that. it's that same mental. It's like, Oh wow. Yeah. Like a little bit of planning and work and, you know, fighting yourself out there for a long time. Yep. Just keeps drawing you back. 
I don't know what it is. I can't explain it, but it it won't go away for me. And I mean, it's the same thing with low to jaw. Like the first time I did it, the last 50 miles, I was ready to throw my bike in the river. Yeah. Like I'm done. I'm like get you. me off this bike. I'm never riding yeah. it again. Well, that's what Tyler Fielding told me I was going to do. Oh yeah. Like, he sold his bike. After. He actually did. Yeah. I, I, I remember telling him I was the first year I did it. I was like, I think I'm going to do it. He's like, be careful, man. You may, you may not ride a bike ever again. Yeah. And I kind of felt like that. Yeah, I did too. And then, you know, I came across the finish line. Obviously, you have that feeling. And Mm -hmm. then it wasn't two weeks later. I was like, I'm going to do it again. Yeah. And I say it every year. Every year, I'm like, this is my last year. Mm -hmm. And then I finish and I'm like, I could have done this better. Or I could have done this differently. Yeah, could have got the third leg nutrition a little bit better. Exactly. So, well, we better do it again. (laughs) So, yeah. Well, in the community too, it's such an awesome thing because everyone gets done and everyone's suffering the same. Like it doesn't matter. That's what I like about cycling. Like you get faster, but it doesn't get easier. Exactly. Yep. And I think that took me a while to learn. It's like mm. this is just an inevitable existence of suffering. Yep. And you can make it as hard as you want. <laughs> it's true. So everyone gets done with races, and that's why I really love the gravel community. Yeah especially because everyone just hangs out for a long time. Yep. And you share the war stories out there. Yeah, that's cool. (laughs) And there's a lot more in gravel too, it feels like. Yeah, because that's always just a bad time. Just feels like there's a lot more unknowns. But yeah, just with my experience, and maybe it's, you know, like a lot of the gravel routes that we do, it's like you're going to the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Whereas when you're doing a lot of the road rides, like, oh, I just, I'm just going to pull off at the gas station and get some food. Like, yeah. You can't you're never do more that. than like 10 miles away from a gas station. Exactly. Where, I mean, you're, when you, or have you heard of Around the Rock? Yeah. So when you do that, you, the first water stop is 75 miles in. And not only 75 miles, but some pretty gnarly terrain. Mm-hmm. This last year, we had to hike through some snow. And like you have to be ready for yeah. like multiple hours of food and fuel. And I had water four and... bottles and I ran out. Jeez. So you just have to be, you just have to be prepared. Uh-huh. And that aspect of it just, it makes it so fun. Mm-hmm. Preparing for big events is half the, half the fun, honestly. Yeah. It's a, and that's a big thing I enjoy from the sport of just always, or being able to carry so much stuff to go so far yeah and like that self-supporting factor and i like ski touring so it's like the same thing yeah. like you can just go out for hours away from everything and just kind of be self-supportive and then know like i can ride my bike 90 miles if i need to like back to civilization that's pretty cool yeah um and that's that's a pretty fun one because i'm doing it looks like i'm doing this stupid pony which oh is that's uh wait what one is that lehigh to wendover Oh, cool! Two hundred miles of gravel, Ooh, and that and that and that dirt's like terrible, like washboards forever. Two hundred miles of gravel. Yeah, is it even mixed or is it all? It's just straight dirt yeah, and not a, good dirt. Yeah, that's a big day. So, do you know what time it is? Sorry, turn my phone. It's twelve eighteen. Okay. Yeah, I don't want to take too much of your time. If you got. Dude, I'll talk about bikes all day, every day. The sooner, the sooner we finish, the sooner I got to go back to work. So okay, yeah, I guess we can. Stretch no, it's, it out. Yeah, well, it's whatever. Seriously, <laughs> I'm I'm good with whatever. 
yeah, to nerd out about bikes a little bit, we were talking about setups um, and like the one by two by systems. Yeah. Kind of what was, because I like, I rode two bys only for mm-hmm. years. And then I got like my first one by because I talked to my, my brother about it last week. And he was like, oh, really? Like, because I said I'd get a one by system. He's like, oh, isn't it more convenient? On the two, I'm like, no. Kind of no. was your experience of exactly what you just said. No, it's yeah. not because now you're only worrying about your rear. Mm-hmm. Less maintenance. You don't have to worry about uh, two separate derailers. It's just one derailer. It's lighter. I mean, yeah. I guess it, you could make it so it's not depending on your setup, but mm-hmm. it's just it's so much more simpler. You're just shifting one up and down, and I would assume from a mechanic standpoint it would be a lot, I'm no mechanic, but it seems like it would be a lot less of a hassle to just worry about your yeah. rear. And then I, you don't even have to think about anything. Like, mm-hmm. should I shift? It becomes second nature even with a two by, but yeah. when you're in that, I mean, all you have to worry about is just up, down, up, down. It's so simple. It does take and, way more, or I guess way less mental concentration. Yeah, the one which by. is... It is part of it. Yeah, when you're riding for six hours, it matters. And my theory, I have a... This didn't stem from me, so like this this isn't my theory, but I agree with the theory is I give it five years, and I bet you you almost everything is won by. Yeah, well, and then have you seen the classified hubs? Yes, yeah. So, you know. With stuff like that, I mean, it just... Yeah, that would be crazy if like... I mean... I think so. Primos, he, he most was, of Jumbo. Yeah, they're one like one buys on a bunch of the stages in the tour and in the Giro. Yeah, Keegan Swenson just did a one buy at uh, SBT. Oh, he did. Travel. Yeah. So I mean, it's coming, mm-hmm. and they they can get those gear ratios so high. And if you think about when do you need that top end on a road bike, unless you're in like a bunch sprint, which for mostly everybody that rides bikes. You don't need it. It's true. Really. It's true. Um, but yeah, like why have to worry about it? And even if you don't, like with the gear ratios they've got now, mm-hmm. you can almost get to that with a one by anyway. Yeah. So you're not um, far off. Like my one by my gravel, like I can still top end to sprint at like 36, 37. Yeah, that's pretty fast. And on a road bike, maybe I can do 39. Yeah. Yeah. You spin out a little bit, but you never really need it. Yep. Um, yeah, those systems. And if you are going to need a sprint, you can always just put a bigger, you can put a bigger chain ring up front. And yeah, then, if you got the legs of a rock of 52. Yeah, have fun. But <laughs> you could, I mean, so. Uh, and so no, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of the one by. Mm-hmm. And you ride on Scott's. Yeah, my road bike road is bike. a Scott. Mm-hmm. My gravel bike's a Kona. I loved my Scott when I had the Addict RC. Like, that mm-hmm. was a great bike. Is that what you're on? Yeah, the Addict RC. Okay. And so that's their... What what line is that for them? They can. It's classified as like the lightweight, but it's also okay. like very aero optimized. Because so their foils... like The foil is their aero bike. The Canyon Aeroad. Yes. Yep, those, those would be equivalent. But this... So this foil is honestly... It's like... I would almost compare it to like a SL8 now. Oh. It's more of like okay. a, it's like a lightweight arrow. It's probably mm-hmm. not as arrow as an SL8 because they've got all the wind tunnel testing. and yeah. But if you were to compare it, it, it's like a, it's an arrow optimized climbing bike. Okay. Which 
I don't know how. I don't know what that's classified <laughs> as. But it's well, yeah. a fun bike. We'll say that. And if you're not in the world tour, the differences will be pretty minimal. Doesn't matter. Too, yeah. Unless you're like in a breakaway. Like, yeah. Yeah. Who if you cares? really need it. So kind of what's you work with Volt Apparel? Yeah. A little bit. Kind of yeah. how. What do you do with them and? So who are they? Kind of what? Are yeah. They, so Volt what are they about? is a. They're a cycling apparel company out of Lehigh, Utah. Uh, I met them last year at Lodajaw, actually, and I was okay. just talking to them. Hey, you guys do custom apparel, and we were looking for a new supplier for our kits for CBI Bikes, which is the local bike shop that I ride for. Mm-hmm. We just got talking, and we, we kind of hit it off, and then I started uh, I started selling in Idaho for them a little bit. They do a lot of NICA they have a really oh. cool Nika program for all the high so, school teams, and they're high just, school. That's just really in Utah, right? Does no, Idaho no, that, yeah, they have them here too. Really? Yeah, there's four teams here in in Idaho Falls. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, and that. it's bigger over in Boise. Yeah. They all race against each other though. Okay. So the teams from here travel over to Boise, and then there's a couple races over on this side of the state too. That's awesome. So it's not as big as it is in Utah. Mm-hmm. Like every high school, every high school down there has like a hundred kids on their team. Here it's like combined high schools for a total of like fifty to seventy-five kids, which is still great yeah. for I mean, around here. It wasn't here. existent when I was in high school. Oh, I every time I see it, I'm like, man, I wish I had this in high school because yeah. it's it's a really cool program. So they do a lot of stuff for the Nike programs mm-hmm. where their custom apparel, yeah, so at the forefront. Most most their stuff is custom. Yeah, right. they yeah they're starting to get a little bit more into the retail. Okay. Uh, in fact, you'll probably see some retail stuff coming out closer to Low to Jaw. That'll be, I I really like it. Mm-hmm. I can show you some of it after this if yeah. you want to. And but yeah, most of their stuff is custom. Like that's their. We we did custom kits for our team here, but for high schools, it's perfect. They they the the whole purpose of them starting the company was they went through the process with their kids and they just saw like this is a pain to get these kits so they they found all the pain points and tried to fix them so they've okay they're affordable the design process is easy and slick there's like reporting portals online they're using they're utilizing technology to make it easier for the coaches to see the kids orders hey johnny didn't order his thing they can call him and say hey why why haven't you ordered yet Got it. then everything is personalized to the kids so they don't have to worry about passing all the kits out they just ship straight to the kids doorsteps uh okay so they just they're just trying to like optimize the it's kind of like print on demand for teams kind of they do bulk okay it's like a bulk order you have to get everything like they'll open up a team store for like two weeks yeah and then close it but then everything ships individually okay yeah Oh, that's so, a pretty convenient. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Setup. They've they their whole purpose is like make everything easier, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's, so it just kind of it fell in line with. They have really high quality stuff. In fact, it's pretty much all I ride now, and like I'll ride it in low to jaw, and so but then they're all cyclists and they said, well, why is everything so expensive? So their whole purpose was so crazy. high quality stuff mm-hmm. that's actually affordable. So, yeah. and the industry, it's a fashion 
Oh, big time. It's fashion. It's all fashion. I feel like when I first got into it, which really wasn't that long ago, seven uh-huh. years ago, eight years ago, yeah. I don't feel like it was as much. But now Not it's like, dude, no. the whole thing is just a fashion. Like, who has the... And I'm such a sucker for it. Oh, I think everybody is. It, it, there's no <laughs> denying that you want to look good when you're riding yeah. your bike. So, yeah. And, like, I love... It's just so cool to also see things look good. Oh, yeah. Because even when I started riding, I mean, I was just wasn't open and aware of all the companies. But there's a reason, like, we all grew up making fun of cyclists. A oh, yeah. Bit. Like, they, they look a little... Oh, they look stupid. Yeah, they're kind of gomers. Yeah. You know? Kind of those They look a lot and, better now, that's oh, for sure. most of it is changing. And all the brands out of Australia and Europe and make some really awesome, yep. awesome stuff. Yeah, but it's kind of ridiculous to go spend... $300 on a one yep. pair of bibs. So that, and, and like some of that stylish more, you know, like uh-huh. the more style we're hoping to bring a little bit more to that and make it a little bit more yeah. affordable. So then I personally think that there's a market for all of it. Like there's 100%. gotta be the high end yep. top of the line. Yeah. Like that, that needs to be there. Mm-hmm. But there's also this like entry level like person like myself. Like when I got into it, I saw the price of like a kit. I'm like, I'm going straight to Amazon and I'm exactly. buying something for like 30 bucks. Little did I know after I like got a real set of bibs, I was like, like oh, oh, I should have never, like. I should have just like just bought the nice stuff from the beginning. But I do feel like there needs to be like that entry level price mm-hmm. and to get people into it. And for like most rides that are 20, 30 miles, like, you don't, yeah, need you don't need it. Oh, it makes a difference but, on the long ones. Yeah. Though. And then after like getting stuff that's made like very intentionally, you can tell. Oh, big time. How it fits on your shoulders and like on your stomach and like the, how it fits everywhere. You're like, oh. Like, and the chamois, obviously. Well, they're doing R&D. It's like, yeah. I mean, yeah. There's a reason it's expensive. Mm-hmm. I don't know about some of the prices, but yeah, some of like, them there's a name tag price on top. Of. Oh yeah, it's just like <laughs> anything else. Like, how's the community been growing and changing here in Idaho? It seems it to be growing here? really well. I yeah, just more and more. It feels like every single time we have a group ride with our local club, mm-hmm. like there's a new face. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Which makes me super happy because I'm a big community guy. Yeah. I love seeing the community grow, especially Mm -hmm. coming from someone that like, not that I I was never like somebody that was like, oh, I hate cyclists. Like, get out of here. Because I always rode a bike, Mm -hmm. but I was never like a huge like advocate of it. And then for me to come into it and then see more people coming in and joining. I love that more than anything. Yeah, it's awesome. It's such a fun thing. I feel like there's a lot of like in the cycling world, it's going away with like the younger generations coming in. But I feel like there used to be like this chip on my shoulder, elitist, like I'm way too good for you. Like new face, like get out of here. Uh I feel like that's changing now. Everybody wants the new guys. and Well, there's so many fun ways and it's awesome to see in Salt Lake. Like there's so many group rides. Yeah. And it's cool to see everything. Like have you heard of T&E? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's like a crazy fast group ride, dude. I, every fun, time I see posts from that, I'm like, dude, there's like 50 people going up that canyon, and they are going so rip, fast. Yeah. But then there's like a ton of social rides, like everyone just in t-shirts and like no one cares, and all the coffee rides, which yeah. are my favorite. Yeah, like I could live off of the amount of pastries I've had. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 
the amount of money if I track this last year that I've spent on pastries and espressos. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Adds up. That's all part of the lifestyle. Oh yeah, for sure. You no, know, yeah, actually when you TNE, I'm hoping to get down there before the end of this year. I don't know. It's funny because it's just like this dumb little local, like let's go mash up this canyon. But like pros, I live like, like three, yeah, I live three hours away and I'm like I'm about ready to make the trip just to experience it one time because it looks fun. Oh, it looks yeah. awesome. And like that front group, yeah, it's the Empire team yep. and then the the Spratt brothers are animals. Yeah. Um, another buddy, uh, I met Bjorn Larson. Have you heard of him in Utah? The name sounds familiar. He raced in but... Europe for two years. Okay. And now he's coming back and training more in kind of the gravel scene. Okay. Which it's so awesome to see. It's so cool to see such intense athletes that are so talented and then just the camaraderie. Yeah. Like you don't, you don't get it in, I feel like the mainstream NFL or NBA, like no one's hanging out with other teams right after the event and like their sportsmanship, obviously, but you see even in the tour, especially in gravel and Leadville and all those guys, they're like friends oh yeah absolutely <laughs> i love seeing it it's and the, i mean in the nba they're like the losers just go like straight to the locker yeah. room and like that's it but after like it's almost like a party after every yeah. event everybody's hanging out chilling congratulating the winners yeah. like geez like that I love was it. a phenomenal performance like yeah. everyone's stoked for each other and like everyone's just pushing the bar yep farther and farther as well the community is a huge reason why i love cycling too mm-hmm. it's I didn't mention that before, but I've I some of my closest friends now are from riding bikes. Oh yeah, same. So, I mean, my whole life revolves around it now. And so well, it's like everyone I meet and hang out with and spend time with, it's like it's just bikes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> and now even my wife's getting into it, so that oh, that's that right. hel- that hasn't helped a bunch either. Because now it's like both of us are. It was <laughs> funny. She we had, something came on the TV the other day and. I can't even remember who it was. She pointed out like a one of the guys from the tour. I think it was oh, Wow. Okay. She's like, oh, that's Wow. I'm like, you're <laughs> naming cyclists from professional cycling. Like, you're it's over. Yeah. You're, you're, you're in, in the game you're now. In it. So you are sucked in. Yeah. So that's that's actually been a lot of fun though too because. The only problem is, is now we battle for, for riding time. Uh, so she, like every night it's like, okay, and... are you riding in the morning or am I riding in the morning? Oh, and nice. so if I ride in the morning, she'll ride in the evening and vice versa. So it's been kind of fun. That's awesome. We don't ever, the whole purpose was, I was like, I'm going to get my wife a bike so we can spend time together and, and go ride. <laughs> we never get a ride together. Cause it's like, somebody's yeah. got to watch the kids. So, uh, well, dude, thanks for the time. I won't take up yeah, too much. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll have to uh, get out. We've only ridden together once. I think so. One time, which is crazy. Yeah, that's that's actually kind of crazy to think about. We need to ride more. Yeah, and I mean, and I think about it was like 7,000 miles ago for me. Wow. Like that was, like this year I'm just at 5K. Yeah, that was probably about, was that last year or was that two years ago? That was, I was living here, so that was two years ago. Yeah, two years ago. Wow. I saw my Scott. Yep. Or was I on yep. my canyon? Nope, you were on your Scott. Oh, geez. That was a super yeah, long time ago. You were ago. on your Scott. I remember because you got a flat tire. Oh, yeah. You had your bar bag and we had, we had to pull over and help you change your tire. Yeah, I the remember. The fact that I went with tubes for three years is crazy. Yep. Now that hey, I'm tubeless, I, I'm like. Hey, you bring that up with some people and they'll battle you till the end, though. I'm, I'm, I'm tubeless not, now. There's but, no argument. Yeah. Now, at times, I'll get back from a ride and I'll have like two thorns in my tire. 
and I didn't even notice. I'm like, yeah, I would have been toast. Yeah, tubeless has been a game changer for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Thanks for all the the bike. Absolutely. Talk, but we'll have to do that. Route out to Palisades. Let's do one it one day. Let's plan it. Let's make it happen. All right. So thanks, man.